Well educated. <laughs> First installation of the Unwise Index, all things unwise. An index of them. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so Mr. Robot. Yeah, what's your I'm, name though? You gotta introduce yourself. My name is, my name is Akshay. Uh, I'm a man and I live in California. <laughs> Uh, name's Monik, also also a man, uh, trying to be a man living in New York. Yeah, I guess, you know, we're both, like, probably attempting to be real men. Um, it's a work in progress. And, you know, we live, not, not, no offense to people who are not men or somewhere along you do, the gender. You do you, you, yeah, you do you. Do you, yeah. Just pointing out what we identify as, but tomorrow, who knows what I'll identify as? I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Speaking of uh, identity, yeah. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, so this What's is a real? show when you first told me about it, I thought it was a show about, like, I thought it was like an iRobot type show. I was like, okay, I don't really want to watch, like, a futuristic, like, because there were a couple shows, like, in college when you would tell me about them, you're like, it's like Homeland, or like, one of these shows, it's kind of like futuristic, apocalyptic, I'm like, this sounds like robots took over the world, I don't really want to watch this show. Yeah. But you're like, no, it's, it's not that at all. Um, but yeah, like, so, what, how did you find out about it? I, I was, uh, I think I found out about it from uh, Hacker News, actually. Um, I think it was like a posting talking about the legitimacy of Mr. Robot in terms of when they talk about hacking culture and they do in the hacks, they're like, oh, wow, this is actually legit. I'm like, oh, I got to watch this. Maybe I'll learn something yeah, that about was like- hacking the NSA over time. But um, that's how I got introduced to it and I started downloading it. I mean, no, I, I watched it legally on HBO or is it HBO? I don't even know what channel it's I on. Actually, actually have an, I'm so pathetic. I have an iTunes pass. So I have to watch it legally like, an, like a day after it actually comes out. So no, that's not bad. That's not bad. So I, I watched the first episode, um, and then I was hooked. I, I couldn't stop watching. Like I liked the character of Elliot. He played this like uh, I'm assuming anyone who's listening knows Mr. Robot at least watched a little bit of it. But if you guys want to back spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Yeah, this is, why this is we're like spoilers. Spoiler-filled episode. Hacker, cybersecurity hacker, hates society, fighting back, and the trials and tribulations with this struggle. He has a lot of mental issues, social anxiety. Um, and he's got to see what Elliot does. And he's also a brilliant mind as well, which is kind of what, what initially drew me in. It's like this pretty complicated character that can't relate well with people yet can, you know, has the ability to stalk people, understand what people do, uh, which I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So when I, I watched it, like I was also kind of immediately gripped. Um, I think like one of the things that was most, like it, it, very few shows that I've watched, even movies, I would say, like are able to set like that strong of a tone, like environmental tone, right, right out of the gate. Like there's you know strong sort of cinematography, even like the art direction and like the aesthetic, like the logo flashes on the screen, like that becomes a thing every episode. Where it's like, how is the logo revealed? How does like um, you know starring Rami Malik, like when that phrase comes on, yeah, like just like 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 they kind of like have this almost like like how the breaking bad like opener would there always be that sort of like cold open before the actual display of like the titles um like like i was like it, it just like really quickly got you into like this universe and like it's trippy because you know i think within the first what like 10 15 minutes elliot's talking to you like the viewer right. and like you're already starting to kind of like you're already like your brain is like what okay so is this world like what he's interpreting or is it like supposed to be the actual world of the show yeah. and, like so right out of the gate like it's sort of inscrutable and I think, like, there is something about that that was, like, really compelling. And, like, I don't always respond, I think, like, favorably to, like, shows that put you in an uneasy place, like, mentally. Because it's, like, I just want to watch a show and have fun. But it's, like, this was, like you said, had the right elements of, like, hacker culture and, like, this sort of, like, subversive uh, sort of tone to it that I was, like, okay, there's, like, a lot of interesting things in the mix. Like, so, 
even like as the show progressed and it was like i think like the whole like w- what reality am i viewing is it elliot's reality or like the show's reality whatever like are they the same or are they different like even the, even though i thought that kind of like got to somewhat absurd levels at some yeah, points like yeah. i was still always always engaged because i was like this is such a cool exposition um yeah no that's true i mean i think that um midway through the season it, it felt like uh who's the who's the director again Sam Esmail, yeah. Like I felt he was playing, he was playing too many games with the viewer. You really never knew what to expect and, and what to understand as truth. And then finally, there was a reveal, like uh, second or third to last episode, where a lot, lot more answers were given, which I think that was actually right. pretty helpful. Uh, so a lot of viewers knew what was going on, and, and so basically, Elliot is hallucinating his father, who is Mister Robot, who passed away. And you get senses that this is what's going on, but you were never really certain, and it called into question a lot of different scenes. And finally, when it was revealed. Um, it set the pace for the next few episodes to be really, really interesting because uh, you actually put this to bed and most other shows I feel would save that as the conclusion of the season finale as this big reveal that okay, he's hallucinating and instead this is kind of uh, one part of the journey of Elliot that he realizes this and he has to cope with it in the other uh, two or three episodes. Yeah, I think that's another parallel with like Breaking Bad. Like, you know, of course, we're both like big Breaking Bad fans. And I haven't, I'm not like a huge television connoisseur. So, like, I'm going to probably reference that show a lot going forward. But it's like, you know, great show. And I think like one of the things that like makes it so amazing is like how quickly it can ratchet up the speed and the tension from like seemingly very little tension or like a very slow speed. And I noticed the same thing here, right? Like, one of the, what was the, um, uh, the episode where, you know, like that, like that kind of revolves around, the crazy drug dealer in, in jail. Um, oh, yeah. I forget what it's called. It's like, it's like farewell, like uh, lonely traveler or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Very like that show, yeah. like that show was just like, or that episode was so tense. It had so many different moments and twists that you were like, like, this is like a very well, comp- like there's a lot of thought that was put into this, to this one episode, let alone this like whole series. Um, and I think, um, yeah, the, the twist was like interesting because like, you can see, like, if somebody had sort of written it out for you, you're like, okay, so this twist happens, third episode from the end or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, like, okay, so, like, we're, you, you would just think, like, again, not viewing it visually or not seeing how it all fits together, like, like where does the show go from there? Like, that would yeah. be my immediate take if somebody told me that was what was going to happen. And it's also, like, okay, so you've done this big reveal. Is this a miniseries? Like, how can it have a season two or a season three? But, I did, you know, it did leave, I think, this this season at the end with, like, the, the real sense that there was a lot more to explore. And I was like, I was kind of surprised by that because, like, when the reveal did happen, I was sort of at first. My first impression was like, I don't, I don't really know if this can go on for a ton longer, right? Yeah. yeah. Like the show is called Mr. Robot, and like he doesn't really exist, or he's, or like I don't know if they're trying to transpose the Mr. Robot identity now onto Elliot, and yeah. like he is now Mr. Robot. Like it's like okay, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's not something I'm worried about uh, just generally with a show in future seasons. As seen in the last episode specifically, Mr. Robot now is a device that Elliot calls upon when he needs it. He's like, I'm right. going gonna, gonna to like pick up the phone and do something crazy, and Mr. Robot appears and helps me through the struggle. And I, I right. feel like it would be a recurring device that's not great. But going back to the, the drug dealer and uh, how they've um, – the, the villains in the show are, are just great. Because there's no clear villain, really. I, I don't think so, at least. I mean, the drug dealer, um, he understands what he's doing. He's far more intelligent than his drug – the way he carries out his drug business would, would present. Um, but even Tyrell and even the CEO of E-Corp – uh, and even Terry Colby, they all have, yeah. like, at least from my perspective, some redeeming qualities, and they're much more nuanced than most other shows. When you first see Tyrell, and when you first see the drug dealer, you immediately think, look at Tyrell, he's beaten up this homeless man for no reason. You see the drug dealer, he is literally, I mean, he's a drug dealer, and seems to, I mean, he raped um, Shayla, right? 
Um, yeah. and, and, and like, they're already building these characters to be completely evil. And then you learn more about them. Um, and it's a moral gray region. Same with Elliot, which I think they did an excellent job showing, uh, of like, yes, maybe we can identify with this really subversive culture of Elliot trying to bring the man down and ruin people's lives via hacking. And you see the other side of the story and it's not, um, not so negative. It's like the, the road to hell is paved with best intentions uh, on the evil corp side. So I thought that was, I thought they did that really well. Yeah. I like, I mean, I thought that E corp was sort of an interesting, you know, like especially with relation to Angela and how she like sort of comes into that job was an, I don't know if it was handled. I don't know if I thought it was handled like with incredible finesse, but it was sort of like, yeah, like, e, you know, I guess E corp doesn't really become something that becomes less bad. It's more like everything around it becomes, um, not I guess like less good, right? It's like Elliot's motives, like the motives of um, uh, F society, like everybody who sort of just has like who supports F society in like the last episode, like in the streets of New York, who like has like these sort of nihilistic whatever intentions they kind of superimpose onto whatever F society did. Um, like you're like yeah, like it, it, does any of this actually is it any any of this actually like objectively better than what E corps very like it, they kind of like have this. I don't think it's like an uncommon duality of like, you know, stereotypically bad thing with very plainly spoken intentions yeah. versus like, oh, like muddled intentions of people that claim they're doing something for the greater good. Um, and like, you know, kind of there's the dichotomy there between like one that is very like internally honest, at least, and one that like has like a lot of weird internal machinations, but might actually be the good side, which is like F society and their stuff. Um, and I think that's interesting. Like, I, I I don't know, um, like, after, like, the Mr. Robot, on like, the, the the reveal, like, the fact that he's, like, a figment of Elliot's imagination, like, I, I don't feel like I had, like, a good gra- grasp on, like, F Society's kind of, I guess, like, ethos, like, what kept them together. Like, I wasn't even sure if the rest of the members were, like, figments of his imagination, too. Like, yeah. um, so I was sort of, like, it kind of, I wasn't sure if, like, F Society had sort of become a plot device at that point, or if they had, you know, if they're going to persist and become, like, this actual counterweight this actual organizational thing like E Corp that you can then examine and like look at their intentions. Like they still kind of seem sort of, you know, like they were mostly like a vehicle for this like credit thing. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like F society didn't have a plan after things were completed. Like they threw this end of the world party or whatever in, in the final right. episode. See, that's and... like a good way to get arrested by the way. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, like... it's like throwing at your like little arcade that has like where you've been doing all your stuff. Like, all I mean, that... I know you burned all the hard drives, but or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was kind of uh, revealing because all they had to say to each other was, you know, what do we do now? Oh, we celebrate. Like, it's, oh, come on guys. Like this is kind of naive now at this point. Like I don't think they understood the ramifications. They just did it to do it. And they didn't right. have a solid plan outside of that, which I, I, I didn't like very much. But speaking of Angela, you know, one scene I really loved from the last episode was Angela's turn of face when she uh, went to buy shoes. Yeah. Um, how she's initially interacting with the store clerk and, you know, he's uh, obviously being pretty antagonizing uh, to E-Corp and the events earlier today with the blood on her shoes and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and slowly it, it gets on her nerves and... Now she knows she's in a position of power. She's at E Corp, and she, you know, she takes it, and she's like, you know, fucking get me my damn Pradas, dude. Like, I don't got time for this. You know, you're get me my Pradas. The line you should always remember, people. <laughs> it's like I thought that was masterfully done. Like, uh, it was really believable. It was like it was yeah. like it wasn't it was blunt, but it was like visceral and believable. It yeah. was like like there wasn't like it wasn't like it wasn't like you know beautiful beautiful prose or anything in delivery, but it was like yeah, I can totally see somebody in that position doing that. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I thought uh, that was great. I mean, and also, did you stay around for the epilogue? I did. I, I, I remind me what it was. So, like, at, after the uh, episode ended, after the credits, did did you see the scene that happens right after that? I can't remember if I oh, did. Oh, dude. Okay, so this was this was big. Uh, so what you see is you see uh, White Rose. Um, oh, not, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 like, yeah. That was a really well shot. It was a beautiful scene with, like, they followed the car up to the, to, like, sort of the um, the mansion, and then she's, or he or she or, how, like, whomever is sitting next yeah. to the E-Corp CEO. Yeah, that was a really well well done scene. Yeah, I thought that was, that was great, especially with the little, the Art. watch, like, clicking, and that was, that was really good. I mean, that makes me curious about how they're going to evolve the Dark Army slash White Rose slash E-Corp relationship uh, and, and storyline. I think there's a ton there because I like White Rose as a character just generally. Uh, yeah. Completely, F Society bends to her will. Everyone is bending to her will. And it's like, that, I thought that was great. Yeah, I think that was really cool. And I think, um, well, one of the things that I, like, one of the, like, the kind of loose ends of the kind of like, you know, when Mr. Robot wasn't revealed, like pre reveal, like, was like, does he, you know, like there was that scene where he's in the SUV with Tyrell and talking to him. Oh, and like, right, he yeah. assumed, like, that's when you know, at some point Elliot must have been in an SUV with Tyrell talking about something. And so it's like, what was like the, what is like sort of the hacker E-Corp like conversation, like both from F society and from like the, the, uh, evil, what is it? The undead army, not the undead army, dark army, the dark army. There it is. Army. <laughs> One of those Voldemort armies. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, it's like, there's some sort of like back channeling there and like, yeah, it's like, there's a couple ways it could go, right? It's like the sort of cynical, like one of the cynical sort of expositions I've seen on like Reddit and other places is like, oh, they're all in it together. Everyone's corrupt. Yeah. You know, it's like, or it's like they're all trying to screw each other, and then they'll just be like a bunch of like, uh, you know, flames at the end. But I don't know. Like I think like I have enough confidence now in the direction to think that it'll at least be an interesting sort of journey, whichever way they take it. Yeah. What, what do you think happened to Tyrell? Because that was one of the the biggest um, discussion yeah. points in the last uh, yeah, episode. I, it was like, no, he's not seen. No one knows where he is. Part of me thinks the dude just like fled to Alaska or some shit. He's just like freaked out, just like ran away. Like, yeah. um, or like maybe Elliot killed him. Like that's one of the things I, I mean, thought that's, about. That's like, what they're trying to point to. And like, uh, right? It's, I it's feel like, like... He, he doesn't know what happened to this guy. He assumes he is he is the one on like who's being like misled. But like maybe he you know did something horrible to Tyrell. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I think mean, that that the, the key... Sam Ismail is like playing with the viewer as well because like Elliot. The first conclusion you jump to is. Elliot's in his car. Obviously, Elliot killed Tyrell. That's what I think he wants the viewer to see. And Elliot like looks at the t- uh, looks at the viewer and says, "I know what you're thinking." Um, I think he's trying to say that yeah, you're, you're thinking I killed the guy. So I'm, I'm doubtful that he did it. But then again, um, the last time Elliot po- like pointed to the viewer and, and kind of like called him out uh, on his um, hallucination it ended up being true. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I also wonder, like, so they had a couple references in the second to last episode. I think even in the flashback part of the final episode at the beginning of, like, the gun that was hidden in the popcorn. And, oh, like, like, yeah. I, I, like, I thought, like, that was going to lead to something, but I'm not sure if, like, that will be, you know, it's a loose end for the next season. Um, maybe he, like, like, the, like, it was the intimation there that he, like, killed Tyrell when they were in the arcade. Yeah, he spent, or, like, they spent way too many damn scenes in that popcorn like, machine, like, oh, dude. Like, first, like, putting the happen? gun there, like, eating the popcorn, yeah. like, walking through, then closing an episode, then opening an episode. Yes, like, forgot. Dude, gun in the popcorn. popcorn machine. Dude, I, I would love a popcorn machine, honestly. Damn. It's a popcorn, popcorn machine. That, that'd be great. Um, like, it's like, it's some, like, it's like this abandoned warehouse, but it has great non-stale popcorn. Um, it's a pretty good deal. No, but you're right though. I mean, they wouldn't have spent so much screen time 
and in like, got, but this literally like smoking a, gun in a popcorn machine. If it's yeah, not another Breaking Bad, happens. like when they zoomed on the plant over and over again, it's like, oh, the plant, dude, the plant. Think about it. Yeah, it's yeah, just certain. That was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he probably did kill him. That sucks though, because I like Tyrell as a character. I loved his relationship with his wife. Oh, and the scene with Elliot yeah. and Tyrell's wife was fucking. Dude, great. she is. She is like she does the Ice Queen so well. Like yeah. I'm just like I am uncomfortable every time she is on screen. And, and uh, she, you know how she muttered in, I believe, Danish uh, when she was talking to Elliot. So apparently that translated to, um, "If you hurt him, I will kill you." It's like, damn, girl. You crazy? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna be, knowing her character, that was gonna be like, oh, if you hurt him, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think like I think she has like a, uh, a it's a very weird relationship. She has I think she has a deep love for Tyrell, um, but I think she also has like some sociopathic tendencies. Well, it's it's kind of like the House of Cards relationship taken to the next level, right? It's like you must like we are this family unit, and like we are trying to climb the ladder of prestige and power, yeah. and like you must like it is you earning and achieving for the family unit in our in our name or like right. whatever they're right. fighting for. And it's like, and you can't and like if you disgrace us or you do poorly, like I'm not going to be like veiled about it, um, and I'm also going to like you know force labor to like save you from the cops. Yeah. Like that was great. that was intense, dude. She's she's a, she's a ride or die kind of woman. Is I mean, what I saw online. <laughs> Yeah, Tyrell is just such a fascinating character. I mean, like, even when he got fired uh, by the CEO, him breaking down, like, but he shows, like, signs of strength uh, at certain times, but at the end of the day, I think he's just very fearful. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm alone in this, but I thought, like, whenever he, like, does his apoplectic, like, screams, like, Tyrell, like, he's like, you can't fight! Like, I always thought, like, that part is, like, where the acting, I think, kind of falls apart a little bit. Oh, really? I like that. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, dude, like, what is this? It's just like... <laughs> He just has this like very contorted look on his face, just like screaming because it's like I think like his his face isn't like moving in the way you would expect somebody who's talking at that volume to move. I don't know. There's something weird about it. But like again, overall like minor quibble. Like he's like that actor did a great job. Um, I think. Hopefully, we'll see if he returns in the second season. I want to see more of the uh, the nerdy Asian dude and the other nerdy dude in the F Society. Oh, dude, Lloyd. Two, yes, Lloyd and uh, Lloyd and the other one. Who's the other one? The white guy. Um, the white, where in what in, in our society? So Lloyd is the Asian one, I think, right or no? Well, no, Lloyd is that um Lloyd is not Lloyd is that uh what's all safe? Yeah, 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 the Asian guy. At all and safe. then and then there's then there's like yeah, there's the white dude who's in um who's like yeah, he's just like the guy who helps free the puppies and stuff. Yeah. Who's there doing other stuff? Yeah, I'm sure he'll different. be around. But like Lloyd is the guy that you know like might <laughs> he's got not like be two around. Lines, like, but I laughed. He had to cherish lines, it. Lloyd had, so, <laughs> he's like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> like, so he's like, like, oh shit! That was great. It's like, this is great. Dude, poor Gideon, man. I feel for Gideon. He's such a good boss. He's like being kind to everyone. He just gets shit on all day. He gets breakfast in bed, though. That's true. That's true. He does get breakfast in bed. No one brings me breakfast in bed. (laughs) Yeah, my own damn breakfast. Shit. I actually had some chicken tikka masala today for breakfast. It's real good. Yeah. 9 a.m. Leftovers. It's a well-balanced breakfast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel bad for getting into it. I wonder if, like, the all-safe thing will actually play, like, if that's done, or, like, there's gonna be, like, it's one of those things where you feel, like, in the remnants of it, like, maybe there's, like, he will, like, turn against Elliot, or work with the cops or something. Like, he becomes, like, that loose end that, like, somehow screws over or complicates Elliot's life, but I wonder if, like, all, like yeah, the all-safe crew, because, like, Angela's moved on now, Elliot's sort of, like, not gonna go back to that job, obviously, if that's still gonna be around. Yeah. Um, well, I think a, a lot of people were uh, using the, the name, so Elliot, uh, like the biblical um, allusions to Elliot and Gideon, 
so I, I actually don't remember what they were referencing, but I didn't even know. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of biblical clues throughout the thing. So you know, like the drug dealer quotes "brave traveler" uh, as his name and Elliot's name, and I think Elliot means God. Um, and then Gideon also means something, and like, and then Angela is like the devil. There's something going on there uh, that maybe uh, people whoever whoever listens to this, you should check it out. <laughs> Yeah, let us know. Let us know, dude. Let us know what's going on with that with that Bible stuff. That Bible stuff. Just generally, let's let, just let us know what's going on with that <laughs> Bible stuff. Um, no, but yeah, I'm I I really enjoyed the show. I don't think there's another show this year that I've probably enjoyed as much. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I think... do enjoy the strain. Uh, the what? What is, is the strain? strain? Tell me about the strain. So the strain is uh, a vampire show. I'm, I'm a sucker. Well, it's not. It's not. Tell me about this. It's not your like classical type of vampire. All right. So this is directed by Guillermo del Toro uh, of Hellboy okay. fame. Another great movie. Hellboy yeah, two sure. also excellent movie. And Pan's Labyrinth. I think. I wasn't as big a fan of Hellboy two. I thought it was. I thought it was cool, but I did not see why people loved it on the same level as Hellboy one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it just like a fun action movie. Um, but he's directing uh, The Strain. It's in the second season. The first season, honestly, not all that great. Uh, it's okay. based in New York, um, which is which was fun to watch because, I, I, as I said I, at the top of the show, I, list, I live in New York, and everything is filmed around where I live, like in the East Village area. So I'm like recognizing different places when they're uh, when they're filming them in the show. Um, basic premise is you have a strain uh, that's uh, transmitted via worms, and you got a master vampire and these vampires don't like bite they have a little like weird worm-like protrusion that they attach on people and convert them into other vampires and the vampires are pretty fast uh where, where is this worm-like protrusion located in, in the mouth so like they open up their mouth and this big ass worm stuff comes out and like kills people and turns them into vampires um so you have this okay. like, weird like uh espionage it's like a, it's, it's kind of like alien like that sort of shit yeah yeah very similar to alien so okay. basically, you have the master, who is the most like one of the the strain of a really ancient vampire, and he wants to you know take over, and he's collaborating with a really rich guy. He's got he's got plants in the FDA uh, and a lot of government agencies, uh, and they spread the strain uh, in New York. And then you basically follow the storyline of Ephraim, who is uh, this biochemical dude who's like. Um, who does his vaccinations for the WHO, I believe. This might be all wrong in terms of factual <laughs> <laughs> descriptions, but you get the idea. It's Ephraim, like there's some agency, there's some vampires. There's an agency Ephraim's associated with, and he does uh, you know, immunizations and vaccinations. He's a biochemical dude. Uh, I should probably know the terms, because considering I majored in biology and, and did okay. therapeutics research. But anyway, you got Ephraim and his crew, his kid, uh, and a couple other people who join up trying to save New York. And it also focuses on the storyline of this really old guy named Abraham Sertrakian, who fought the That's master. Uh, yeah, he fought the master <laughs> in World War II. So he's been fighting this dude for his entire life. He's really old and decrepit, but he knows a lot about the strain and how vampires work together because it flies in the face of logic. Because, like, Ephraim's like, yo, we gotta, you know, we gotta just shoot them. He's like, no, you can't do that, man. You got to cut off their head, otherwise they don't die. He's like, I don't believe that shit. And like he finds out. I've been true. fighting these things my entire life. <laughs> trust, trust me, I dude. I might seem old, but I know what I'm talking about. So you follow this guy. He's a really grumpy old man. And Ephraim, they butt heads a lot, and they're fighting the vampires. And then you have this really rich guy. Um, don't remember his name, but 
real rich collaborating with the vampires and it's a fucking riot dude every every episode has like some crazy action sequence Ephraim actually develops another strain that kills the vampires and the master is fighting back and then you come across the master's son who's basically blade he can walk uh, in daylight and, and has like the strength of all the vampires so he's like the trump card for the human is race by, is he played by wesley snipes he's not played by wesley snipes that'd been great though well then i'm not watching this show <laughs> <laughs> but literally uh, he is blade and uh, they're not overt about it at all and so you're following their storyline and um the, the what's really cool about the show is that they bring in uh, they try to like mold in history of the vampires in the show and that's something i've always found missing a lot of Vampire shows, they always just focus on the, the gore and the spread of vampirism and, and, and yeah. that. But I like like looking at where did this come from, what happened in the what past. What is like that technical name for the for the vampire? Like there's like, maybe it's only in certain vampire uh, fiction, but it's like, there's like some sort of technical term for vampires, right? Well, in The Strain, it's called uh, the Strigori. Uh, okay. So Never mind. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm not sure if that goes past this the strain universe. I but. might be thinking of the the um, much more you know critically acclaimed Twilight lore. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so like for one one historical point was um, the master's son was a gladiator and it, like pan back to uh, him in the Colosseum fighting and he's just a fucking badass. Um, so they have like fun little scenes like that, and it's it's goofy. Like it's it's bubblegum TV. You can sit down, watch it, and have some fun because uh, it's some great okay. action and, and stuff. So I recommend it. It's good. Season two is pretty good. All right, all right. I mean, it's interesting. Guillermo del Toro is doing this. Um, must be paying him a lot of money. I mean, Marie's just having fun with it. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pre. I just like. I have not had like great luck getting into like horror anything in like the past several years, especially horror TV shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's because like too. it's just because like, when I'm like watching TV, like it's like I sort of have like a limited sort of window for like stressful or dramatic TV, which is like save for things like Mr. Robot or yeah. others. I should probably like expand and become like you know more inclusive. But it's a like palate I just cleanser. Like, That's what you need. Well, yeah, what's up? You need a palate cleanser, and it's like strain palate is, cleanser. Is, is good for that. Well, the, the one negative thing about the strain is the child actor, so Ephraim's son, is quite possibly the worst child actor ever. <laughs> like, he... I hate him more than any of the villains in the show. I hate him more than Master. I hate him more than any vampire. I hate him more are than... You sure, are you sure this is not Guillermo del Toro's great direction trying to get you to hate this? <laughs> Maybe. Child. I don't know. But, like, the guy... He's, I, 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 get, he's, he, I get he's a kid. But he's, like, seeing zombies and vampires all over the place, seeing people killed, and he just doesn't get it. He's like, Dad, why can't you stay? I'm like, dude, because there's, there's a vampire apocalypse, kid. Like, they're coming to eat us, and you want me to stay with you and not fight back. He's just, it, it, it's really awful. So that's one negative. If you see him uh, and you download the TV show, just fast forward through those scenes. There's nothing. <laughs> one star off my rating for this child star. <laughs> so bad. That's unfortunate. Hopefully he'll get better with age. Yeah. Um, like, is it like, so it's in the second season already, so it's like. Well, it's got renewed for another two more, dude. People are eating geez, Two more? Stuff. Yeah. Wow. What what channel is this on? What network? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got no. I have no idea. Fair enough. But the costume Fair direction and art direction is pretty solid. It's Guillermo del Toro. All right. All right. So, television. Watching more of it. I'm like Netflix. Like, um. I'd say, like, there's a couple shows on Netflix that I'm working through, I guess, just, like, to close the loop on TV stuff. I'm still working through the second season of BoJack Horseman. 
Oh, I heard that was um, good. It's good, but it's like it's kind of like you know, there's like a it's 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 funny, but it's like also dramatic. So it's not like an easy watch necessarily. Like you kind of want to pay attention. You kind of like um, I don't know. It's like it's not quite as fluffy as like you would ex- you would expect. Maybe if you saw a trailer or two. Yeah. Um, I actually find it a pretty to be a pretty thoughtful show. Um, I've been rewatching parts of The West Wing just because you know, great show. You should watch that show if you haven't. Um, and then been also. I, this is like getting to the point where I probably need to like strip one of these shows, otherwise I will not finish any of them. Uh, I've been watching Kill La Kill finally. What's up? Um, that's that's an anime uh, by the creators of Gurren Lagann. Oh, um, cool. So it's like famous shop. I think it's Gainax. Don't kill me if I got that name wrong. Um, but like they're, I think the same studio that did Evangelion and then did Gurren Lagann, and now like Kill La Kill is like very stylized. Like it's it's pretty cool. It's like it's um. It's like elements of it's like a lot of action, well animated, but also like very humorous and self-referential in the way that Gurren Lagann was. Like it kind of like makes fun of. I've been told it makes fun of like anime and a lot of the genre tropes. Like I don't watch enough to know, like to yeah. be astute and be like, oh, yeah, they're making fun of this and this. I'm just like, yeah, you can kind of tell they're like poking fun or like things are over the top more than you would expect. But like, yeah, it's fun. It's like Netflix actually has a few pretty solid anime shows as well. I've been trying to get into anime again because I realize that it's fun to watch. Yeah, I need um, to finish watch uh, finish watching Monster. I can uh, watch like the first like fifteen twenty episodes, which is great. Uh, but I just uh, just lost track of time and didn't end up completing it. The recent Netflix thing, um, Netflix movie I watched was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The recent uh, is one that, is that is that like the one actually really fucking good, dude. Amazing. Yeah, really? I, I was so I, I I came back home from a long day at work. I would not like, expect you to say really fucking good about a teenage yeah, Ninja Turtle. Dude, movie. I, I came back from a long day at work. It's like 10 p.m. I'm like, I just want to watch something, you know, fun. I don't I, I didn't expect to go into my Netflix viewing session to complete what I'm going to view. I was like, I'm just going to fall asleep to something. So I turned right. on TMNT. First 10 minutes, I'm like, this is this is kind of fun. I'm I'm laughing out loud on my own. Like the the art direction is cool. The 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 Ninja Turtles are great too, and it, they captured like the goofiness that I loved about TMNT. Because um, the, the issue I had generally with all the critic reviews, so then of course, like I paused it like midway yeah. through. I'm like, why is no one talking about this? This is like amazing action. <laughs> let me let I, me check my Twitter stream. Is somebody talking I, about TMNT right I, now? I'm pretty sure uh, TMNT. Who is this directed by? It's directed by a famous action dude. I think maybe it was a it's Michael Bay super, movie. It came out like, I think, several months ago, if not a year ago, right? It's not like yeah. super recent. Yeah, it's not super recent. Uh, so I'm like, dude, why haven't I heard about this? Uh, and I started Googling the reviews and, it, I mean, it's pretty poorly rated. <laughs> like, I'm not going <laughs> to really? lie. Like, I thought it was one of those, like, oh, like, like, good below, ratings. Like, three or bad. something. It's like awful. Rotten Tomatoes, like, it's all crap. And I'm like, never have critics been so wrong about a movie. Because this is so much fun to watch. It's enjoyable. Good pacing. Great action. They capture like the irreverent humor of the Ninja Turtles. And what, what were the critics expecting? You're talking about a bunch of like eight foot tall turtles who can talk and like pizza. You, you're, like you're not going to get depth out of this story. And <laughs> you know, the what... target audience is our friend <laughs> Rohan. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, like real derpy, start? real derpy. And that, they delivered on that front. And like I'm reading some of the critic reviews like, oh, you didn't capture, you know – uh, the, the ethos the mutants, of Michelangelo. Well, the mutants living in a in a in a sewer. They could they could have done more with that. I'm like, what do, what do you expect them to do? They're like t- learning ninja tricks in a sewer. All you can do <laughs> so is just they, show there's it. There's like a lot of <laughs> like, lore. It's not like they can make up new stuff. Like there's a lot of established ninja turtle lore. Like they yeah. have to go by what's in the comic books and stuff. Yeah. The only negative was that um, or animated series. I don't know if there were comic books. 
yeah, the, the Master Splinter, uh, the rat. So if people are familiar, aren't familiar with TMNT, Master Splinter is kind of the father figure to the turtles. Is This is the rat. head vampire in the show you were just talking yeah, about, right? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, also, speaking of the strain, Ephraim was part of the CDC, not the WHO. I just checked that. Got that it. makes more sense. Sorry, sorry, WHO. <laughs> so Ma- Master Splinter I had an issue with in, in the movie because um, – the guy looks really odd. He has like really big whiskers. And do rats have whiskers, dude? <laughs> I don't even know, but like, so, he has like I ten whiskers on back each check, side. Back check on rat whiskers, anyone? And like his tail was like fucking crazy. And they showed him like controlling the tail, uh, like he, when he was fighting. So Master Splinter is like the most talented fighter out of all of them, including the Ninja Turtles and even Master Shredder, who is the, the main villain. Uh, but he was, like, using his tail and, like, flipping it left and right and, like, tossing people. I'm like, rats can't control their tails. Like, I can get the turtles. Yeah, I think, I think, can they not? Are we? Do we know this? No, he's, like, controlling it like he had multiple joints, right? Like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, probably like, doesn't have, I don't know, dude. I, I think it's impossible. Like, at least... It's, so rat, think about how, how prevalent rats are throughout society, urban society especially. They probably got some pretty crafty tricks. Yeah, but there's only so much I can pass off to mutants. Like being a mutant, like the turtles are mutants. They're huge. They use their so shells. They're bulletproof. Them, like, bipedal and eating pizza. You're not okay with the rat having bones in its tail? Is that what you're telling me? Because it looked weird, man. Like you got like a cylindrical like tail that looks like not like not bony or anything like that, and it's like tossing and turning and twisting. It didn't make much sense. So I disliked that, and I disliked the whiskers. <laughs> it broke. It broke the the reality of the movie. But also, Megan Fox is in it, dude. Megan All Fox right. was in it. All and sins are forgiven. All yeah, sins are forgiven, dude. But it was it was an awesome, awesome movie. I highly recommend anyone who's interested in like an action movie to watch it. At, at the end, oh my god, the best monologue. I, I teared up. I teared up a bit. A bit is Raphael giving a monologue to all the other turtles, talking about how much he cares for them. Uh, and they were about to die. They didn't die though. Obviously, they're not going to kill the turtles in TMNT movie. Oh no, dude. Yeah, I mean, if they want to be bold, I don't know. Um, but that was, it was a pretty powerful speech. I'm like, this is better than, maybe I haven't watched a lot of movies recently, but I was impressed. I think you've watched a lot of bad television, man. <laughs> I was impressed. That's all I got to say. Wait, so which, which is your favorite turtle? You know, that's, that's tough. Um, I kind of like, you know, it's a toss up. Like I like Michelangelo's like goofiness, right? Um, yeah. He, he's real goofy. I like the nunchucks, but I also like Raphael's. Uh, really, like, rebellious attitude. No one understands him. I identify with that. So, like, I like Raphael as well. <laughs> the re- the re- Raphael the Rebel. <laughs> and then, I, the thing is, that's why I love TMNT. I, like, identify with all of them. Like, Donatello, he likes tech, all this kind of stuff. I like that, too. Then Leonardo, he's, like, the leader, but no one kind of listens to him. I identify that as well. So, like, <laughs> it, it works. I like all of them a lot. Um, but I'd say if I had to pick one, I'd say I like Raphael the most. The fucking katanas yeah. or whatever. I oh, know he doesn't use a katana. I don't know what he uses. He uses the double, double thing. Um, who's the dude know. who has? Who's the guy who has two sticks? Because he got shafted with with the weapon selection. The sticks? That, that's not a tunnel. No, but that stick is <laughs> magical, man. No, not magical. I think it's a contraption that Master Splinter made, where you can hit right. a button on the stick and it, it, it extends. Sounds like Master Splinter gave all the good weapons. The other turtles like, oh, I got, I got a special one for you, Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Donatello got screwed, man. At least he's got tech. You said he's got tech, so that's good. Yeah, he's got like man tech. Yeah. All right, I gotta watch this movie then. I didn't, so I didn't know it was on Netflix. So I've just like gotten into this mode where I assume that all like movies that are worth watching are not on Netflix because the studios like don't want to put it on Netflix. Like Netflix is still advertising the Avengers one as a movie you should be watching on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking like at I the think... reviews again. It looks like on Rotten Tomatoes, twenty one percent. 
Twenty-one percent is pretty low. <laughs> pretty damn like, low. If you think about, it's like it's a fifth. It's not if you put it it's like that. Fifth. It's not terrible. It's like you know they showed up basically. Like, they, they made they a movie. <laughs> oh um, man, uh, and there's a apparently there's something called the Raspberry Awards for movies. Yeah, the Razzies, dude. And uh, it, it was nominated for worst picture, worst director, worst screenplay, worst supporting actress, and worst prequel. <laughs> That's it's pretty bad. Man, people are harsh nowadays. Well, I mean, I, I, I will I will take the recommendation to heart, and I will consider watching this movie. I'll add it to my queue. I'll add it to my Netflix queue. Yeah. If anything, maybe it's a lot of nostalgia speaking. Like, I did love the I didn't, I didn't watch as much TMNT as a kid, but I did like the fact they ate pizza. I res- <laughs> it resonated with me. I was like, yeah. these turtles eat a lot of pizza. And like, maybe it was just, like, seeing them again and all the goofy jokes they had. And like, it was fun. Yeah. So, so we got, let's, what else? We got... I think we got, oh, we got our bases covered on TV, Netflix, probably. Is yeah. there any, like, any, I guess, like, just tangentially, are there any movies you're looking forward to? I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't I'm like, yeah. I don't go to that many movies anymore. I guess I don't have much of, much of a life or I mean, whatever. I wanted to see like, Straight Outta Compton, but I haven't seen that Yeah, yet. yes, Straight Outta Compton. I've got to see that. I heard it was, it was really good, apparently. Um, and what's cool is that Ice Cube's uh, son is portraying Ice Cube in the movie. Right. I remember that like, they, like, he wanted to audition and make sure he got the role like legit, wasn't just handed to him. Right. And so, right. Or it might yeah, not be like PR speak. Who knows? Like, yeah, who knows? <laughs> like, I trust Ice Cube's word. I trust Ice Cube. That's true. He's, and he's, and, and, and Cube Jr.'s word, okay? They keep it real. They keep it real. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't like kept in touch with uh, – kept track of any upcoming movies. Kept in touch with the movie theater. Um, uh, I'm trying to see Matt. I haven't even seen Mad Max. A lot of people talking about Mad Max. Mad Max, shit. I actually want to see the Entourage movie, um, even though I think it's probably wholly unnecessary. And the reviews I've seen describe it as such. Uh, it looks like it'd be fun. A new James Bond movie is supposed to come out. Oh, yes. Spectra. I, I, I never got into James Bond, you know. I like James Bond. Um, I mean, the recent controversy is that Idris Elba, apparently, they think would not make... or the, the So the guy who inherited Ian Fleming's like mantle as like writing the books for James Bond said like, Oh, I think Idris Elba is too quote unquote street for the role. But like, and everyone's like, Oh, that's like a race. That's like Wait, a field race. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. So in, in a vacuum, I'm like, yeah, exactly. But it's like, he said, um, of like, I guess like in proper context, it was like of black actors that I would pick. I think he's too street. Then he like, he like lists a different British black actor in like the second part of the sentence. Um, so I think he probably saw him in the wire or something and like thought like, this is what this guy does. He does like yeah. gritty American like roles or whatever. It's like, and I think that's most people, it seems would disagree with that from the backlash. Yeah. Um, I have not seen a ton of stuff that Idris Elba has been in. Like I still have to watch the wire. I have not seen him in Thor and all these other stuff that he's been in. But like, I think like he just like on face value, looks like he could play bond just fine. Yeah. And then I was looking at, um, actually no one else is coming out. Star Wars. Star Wars. Well, I think the biggest problem with Digital playing Bond at this point is like most Bonds are unknown actors, relatively. Like, I, at least like Daniel Craig was like somewhat unknown, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, and he's like, Idris Elba is actually pretty, like, people are like, like, you know, lobbying for him to be the Bond, which I think probably works against him. Yeah, I mean, you ain't got nothing on Sean Connery, do. That's a. Uh... I still have to watch all those old movies. I, yeah. I've seen like, I gotta watch the Octopussy one just because it's called Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it Sean Connery in that one? But I mean, uh, <laughs> Roger Bond. Moore. I have no idea, dude. I wish I would be Bond, man. That'd be cool. Be an interesting life yep. to lead. And then um, Star Wars, as I mentioned, is coming out uh, in December. Yeah, that looks yeah. that looks pretty good. Looks cool. Like I, I wonder, like if like if 
you know, like there is so much hype there. Like it is like not yeah. only the hype of like Star Wars, but it's the hype of like can you make up for like the last three movies that people didn't like? Yeah. Or like we're not critically acclaimed. I liked them. I liked, I liked them. them. Yeah, they were fun. Again, going back to this like just fun, goofy movies. Like, how can you hate a movie with Jar Jar in it? The guy's goofy as hell. So, like you can't you can't hate that. Yeah, like small small tangent I'll make here is like having I didn't so I up till like, very recently, actually, I had not watched, like, the three original movies continuously. I'd only seen, like, large chunks of them, like, in different order. And, like, you know, everybody knows, like, the general story of, like, the original three movies. Yeah. But, like, it, like, when you actually sit down and watch them, there's, like, a lightheartedness and a camaraderie. Like, it's like a, it's like, it's like, this is, like, it's like Luke's squad, right? It's like yeah, Luke, yeah. Leia, Han Solo, like, having fun in a ship, like, having goofy exchanges. Like, there's, like, this squad dynamic, and, like, that's a lot of the movie, like, this, like, camaraderie thing. And, like, I think, like, there was such an epic, grand, like, CG-fueled vision for, like, the original three movies, and, like, it kind of takes itself seriously to the point where, like, the tone is very different. Like, in the first movie, there's a little bit more of that lightheartedness, but, like, yeah. um, I don't know, it kind of feels like a National Geographic special on Tatooine at some parts. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, just kind of like, oh, look at all these effects and creatures and stuff. It's, like, less about, like, these relatable characters, like, that, that are just happen to be in this, like, fictional universe. Um and, like, you could argue about the original three movies because of the budget and all these other things, like, were, like, campy by comparison, but I thought that's what made them, like, charming. Yeah. Um, so, like, they can get back to, like, you know, they have, like, a new age squad. Like, Han Solo's back. Chewie's back. Like, they, 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 they can go a long way. I don't know. Yeah, I was actually looking at, um, for a couple of weeks ago, I went down this rabbit hole after watching the, the trailer again of people discussing uh, the CGI and Star Wars, and they pointed out the Battle of Naboo. Do you remember that? With, like, the big-ass shields and all the droid army? Yeah, dude. And I went back and looked at it, and, like, I think when I watched it when I was much younger, I was pretty impressed. But it yeah, looks they're throwing, like, jelly, they're, like, throwing, like, jelly balls at each it other. It looks that so shit? bad. Like, the sky looks bad. The grass looks bad. Like, it looks like someone just went into paint. It's, like, painting some green, <laughs> painting some purple, and, like, calling it a day. Like, what the it looked like a PlayStation 2 cinematic. Yeah, it was real bad. It was real bad. Like, I think, like, they've re-embraced the puppetry, I think, to some degree here. Like, they said there's going to be, like, more droids that are, like, actual physical, like, puppets. And, like, more stuff like that in the new stuff. So it's, like, not just, like, green screen everything. Yeah. Um, I dug the uh, the new lightsaber though. Everyone was up in arms about the little cross. So um, you know, you've heard that that might have come from Johnny Ive, right? Oh yeah. Oh cool. Uh, or like somewhat influenced. So, like in in the big New Yorker profile, I think it was Ian Parker who wrote it for the New Yorker on Johnny Ive. Like there was like one small paragraph where he's like, he's he's friends with um with J.J. Abrams, and he was like. She's like, there was like, he's like, oh, I heard like you guys actually had some discussion about the lightsaber or something. And he's like, yeah, like I just, I, you know, he's like, I take no credit like Johnny Ive being like his, I guess, famously self-effacing self. He's like, I just, I just said like, it'd be cool if it was more spitty. He's like, use the word spitty. Oh, yeah. And he's like, and he's like, he's like, JJ seemed to respond to that. And so it's like, oh, Johnny Ive might be responsible for this lightsaber design in yeah. small part. So we'll see some little like aluminum on the side. Um, aluminum. <laughs> aluminum. It's wonderful. I think my favorite Star Wars name is Ki Adi Mundi, who's on the oh, Jedi yeah. Capsule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who gets, who's like a fighter character and gets killed uh, as part of the great Jedi purge. What did he, what did he look like again? I remember, I remember, I remember in his he had, like, name. He had like the conehead looking head sort of thing. Oh, yeah, this guy. Dude, I'm looking at him right now. Oh, dude. It, it is a conehead. It's literally what it is. <laughs> dude, you, got, you can't read it. There's only so many ideas. Apparently, so many he's original the race of Syrian. Syrians. C-E-R-E-A. It's from Syria? Yeah, he's from Syria, man. Shit, I feel bad for him. That's no good. It's no good, man. What have you been playing? You been playing Hearthstone? I've been playing a ton of Hearthstone, man. I'm addicted. It is not good. And the thing is, like, I set a goal for myself 
to turn uh, to become legend. And if people don't know about Hearthstone's card game, similar to a really famous card game called Magic the Gathering, uh, but they have some they have some interesting mechanics because it's digital, so you have a lot of random uh, aspects to the cards, and uh, it, it, it's kind of fun. Uh, well, it's not kind of fun; it's a lot of fun. But it's a lot of fun. The issue is, it's like with the randomness, the semblance of competition just kind of goes away. So, like, I'm I'm there struggling. I'm like crafting decks. I'm like, this is literally the most optimized deck. And some random dude like plays like a a card with like a one in a hundred chance of pulling up some random fucking creature and kills me. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit, dude? I can't progress. Uh, I, so it's it's really a grind to go through the ranks. But yeah, I, I kind of have to remove that goal and just enjoy the game because it's fun building decks. And new expansion came out, so I've been playing a ton of it. Good stuff. Yeah, I bet I we we did the whole opening of fifty packs for the uh, for the fun. new expansion which was fun. It was fun. It was like you 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 you're you're totally right. Like it does get the whole opening of booster packs visceral feeling. Like they get that right in digital form. Yeah. Um and like I think like in large part like again this is I'm talking from mostly a place of ignorance but it's like I I know that Magic the Gathering had an online thing but it didn't really resonate yeah. with like most casual or like semi-casual players of the game or like who people wanted to get into it and like yeah. Blizzard like in typical fashion just filled that void in an amazing way. Yeah. And like I, I don't play a whole lot of games, but I will like play a couple matches to Hearthstone a day because it's fun. Yeah, I mean, um, I like you said, like the randomness like keeps it fun because it's like you're like, well, I get some crazy play, and like even if somebody has spent a lot more time on this deck, like yeah, probabilistically I will not beat them, but it's like there's the chance I could get a really cool succession here, and just like you know, I will like leave my ten minute match feeling really great. Yeah, and I think they made like they made a lot of interesting, uh, implemented a lot of design constraints on the game that initially I, I didn't like, like. Just the, the basic idea of you take your turn, the other person takes their turn, you can't interrupt their turn. And yeah. you're limited by how many creatures you can play. And those limitations are like batshit crazy when compared to Magic. But I think that's why it's so, uh, not, not casual friendly, but it's, it's friendly to play. You go in, you have fun, it's not a mental burden and a chore to get on and play a game. And Magic... Exactly, frictionless. Online Magic is it's a lot of friction. There's a lot of shit you gotta do. And it's, it's bearable in person. Because it, it's just a lot more fun to play in person, and you have like a physical card to play around with, and you can you're sitting across from someone and playing with them, and you deal with all of the bullshit rule sets in Magic, and online you can't do that. There's like like ten phases on each turn. It's a fucking mess. Um, so by reducing all that complexity and introducing complexity in other ways, they they really hit a home run. So I'm excited. I mean, this is a game that I think will. It's uh, <laughs> they're making bank first off. Or do you like so much? I, I was thinking, like, I remember I used to think, like, how much money is Blizzard making when we used to pay fifteen dollars a month, or some of us used to pay fifty dollars a month to play World of Warcraft? And it's like, I look back at like, you know, how much money I spent on like the fifty packs or like the expansions for Hearthstone. I'm like, if people are spending even fifty percent as much money, yeah. like, and there's like this many people playing as they say there are, like, yeah. they're making bank, like yeah. for sure. Yeah. So it's a it's, it's a ton of fun. I, I I can't. I feel embarrassed to say how much I spend on the damn game. Like it, it's just not good. <laughs> it's like whenever I'm like done with a round. Like, oh, man, can you put, can you put a price on happiness? Another seven oh. packs would feel real good right now. And open them up. It's not good. Yeah, it's true. That that is the one feeling that also preserves from like the Pokemon days. It's like oh, I spent all this money on packs and I got shit. Uh, no man, I always made my parents buy me the packs. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I was like, I'll, I was go, to, I'll go to Kroger's, buy groceries, but only if you buy me two packs. Like, all right, cool. 
The packs, dude. The packs. The packs. I am, um, and I'll, maybe I'll save this for next time. But I started. I, I watched the Metal Gear Solid One movie. Uh, shout out to Kafka Productions for making these pretty well put together video game movies. Really well put together, not Wait, pretty well movie? put together. Like, yeah, like they put together like a whole like they basically stitched together like all the relevant parts of gameplay and all know. the cinematics into like this is like a new this is like a thing on YouTube. Like I watched like the first two Kingdom Hearts games. Like people make like movie versions of games because like. Who wants to go and like download an emulator and play these old games? <laughs> That's how lazy we've gotten, dude. Uh, we, 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 we don't even want to play the damn true, game. There's, 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 a, there's, a one, it, <laughs> there's one practical facet to it, which is like when a game like Metal Gear Solid Five comes out, or like Kingdom Hearts Three, or like one of these games that has a lot in succession. It's like I don't want to go buy like a Game Boy Advance or like a or like a PS2 and have to play through these games. I just want to see like the story and get caught up. Um, it's like somewhere between just reading the wiki page and actually playing the game. Um, and so, like, I, I I tried to play Metal Gear Solid 1 on the Vita, and those controls are not good. Like, I could not get through, maybe I just suck, but, like, I could not get through, like, the first boss with, like, those controls. Like, cause there's, like, touch panel controls on the back and stuff. Yeah. But I, I did, you know, for, for a game where, like, the graphics were the point where you could not see any facial expressions. They were just, like, polygon people <laughs> on the PS1. Like, it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good story. Like, and, like huh. it was quite compelling at the end. Like, I was like, wow, like, I can see, like... I think I'm becoming like I'm getting sucked into the Kojima universe, dude. And like, so I've downloaded it. It's like very complicated. Like, it's complicated, but like, it, it's it's. I think it's at least discernible in one. Like, I think it goes bananas in two, yeah. and like onwards. But like, I've I've you know. So now I've bought like the actual Vita, like specified port remasters of MGS two and three, oh, cool. and I started playing MGS two. So like, and MGS five got released like last week. Yeah, and it's being called like one of the greatest games the last few years. Like amazing open world stealth, like. Dude, it's like all these characters, like the lore behind it is actually pretty fun. I think you'd dig it. Um, but again, it's like a deep well. So it's like yeah. got these characters like Snake and Big Boss and like Foxhound, this ex-Special Forces unit, like all this. It's pretty and like Outer Heaven, like this like military, like, you know, independent, like nation state thing. Like there's lots of cool stuff, but it's like I think I'm a sucker for for like convoluted, deep lore that like it can never actually be resolved. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you just keep digging and keep scratching at like, it. Like, wow, it's another cataclysm, guys. Like, another like, cataclysm wow, coming like, up. Like, Ethan Galleon, like, all these yeah. sorts of things where it's just like, uh, you know, I just want to believe that it makes sense. But, like, it doesn't. Is MGS5 <laughs> a prequel or is it, like, a continuation of the story? That's the thing. It's, like, it's a, it is sort of, like, so you can look at a timeline, but there's, like, slight spoilers to knowing, I guess, where things fit. But, like, no, it is, like, a prequel to MGS1 and MGS2. Oh, cool. Like, MGS3 is, like, that's Big Boss who's, like, the, who's, Solid Snake is a genetic copy of like that's like his time in like the 1960s like it's like jungle combat um, which like, you might have seen like Snake Eater yeah, but, yeah. and then there's like yeah this is like the time in like the so like kind of Soviet era Cold War stuff in Afghanistan like it's MGS five which is like um, the 70s or 80s I think there's really like a really great soundtrack behind it there's like like the opening theme is like a David Bowie song and there's just like tons of really crazy 80s music playing all the time. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I wish I could play it. I want to. Kojima, yeah. I think, I think I, I'm starting to believe the hype that like Koji, Kojima might be like one of those cult genius type. I can, I can get behind this. I think preliminarily. Yeah. Um, and I, I think like I, I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm seeing some of this stuff, and I'm like, the, you know, the, it's the, the early pieces are there for this to be like something I'm. I could get really into. So they have MGS2 and MGS3 on this uh, on this YouTube thing as well. Story. Yeah, they have, they have all of them. So it's like you can watch. Um, I think even MGS5 now. I don't Maybe think it's I'll as watch well. That. Yeah, I'll watch that. It, the uh, only thing I've been watching on YouTube right now is uh, rewatching the Guild. Well, uh, finishing the Guild as well. Have you ever? Oh, I need, I need. I still need to watch that. The I thing is, like, so I subscribe to Audible every month, and 
on this last. Audible, if you want to, if you want to, you know, sponsor this podcast. Oh yeah, that. dude. Yeah, snap. We can get Audible to sponsor this thing. I love Audible. Uh, so last Audible uh, credit for this month, it recommended me Felicia Day's book, um, which was uh, Felicia Day is the uh, actress of uh, the Guild, and it's like famous in the gaming slash Comic Con community because she's like one of the. Um, preeminent female gamers, I think, that, right. uh, that's been out there. Um, so I recommended the book, and I, I honestly didn't enjoy the book very much. I'm still listening to it. It's, like, it's captivating at some level, but for some reason, like, Felicia's, like, constant neuroticism gets annoying uh, throughout the book. Wait, what is the book? Is it just, like, a It's like just a her story, memoir? like her memoir, yeah, yeah. Okay. How she, like, got through and, and, and started the guild and all, all the things before that, how she just was comfortable with herself, and that's basically the, the whole book, really. Uh, but then, like, prompt me to rewatch the guild, and the guild is actually a ton of fun. So, if anyone's like played an MMO or an RPG, um, there's a lot. I should, of I should, I should watch this show. I think I should definitely. I think watch you'd that. actually really enjoy it. Is it's, it is it on YouTube? Is it on Netflix? Yeah, the whole thing's on YouTube, and they even like have a annotated version on YouTube where uh, Felicia and the uh, director kind of go in and give you like uh, just like background information on different uh, scenes and, and shots, which is always fun to read. Uh, but it's a, it's a hilarious show. Like there's a there's a, a character on there named Zabu. It's an Indian guy. He just like does not understand social bounds at all. Boundaries <laughs> at all. It's, it's it's pretty good. All right. I will. Okay. Maybe that's like the next lighthearted thing I'll queue up then. Like yeah. I think like there are definitely like phases, and I feel like I'm in one where it's like I'm just gonna watch like easy watching stuff, and maybe yeah. this is like one of those things. Cool man. It's top of the hour. Top of the hour. I think we, we're at the end of this, or near the end of this inaugural show. Inaugural show, man. Hope we get a couple of listeners. I, I think we're going to get at least a subscriber. I was at least a subscriber. Out. Who wants to be the inaugural subscriber I think to Unwise like Index? We might get a couple subscribers. So I'm going to give a shout out uh, if they ever do listen. Sam, Kelsey, Mike, Merrill, you guys said you would subscribe to the podcast when we're doing Shuffleboard. Speaking of, yeah, have you ever tried yeah. Shuffleboard? I'm not... I, I think I might have. I don't know if I was sober. No, not the uh, not the one on a table, but like on the fucking like, like on the ground, like this big ass shuffleboard thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I have. Again, yeah, not 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 sure. How I was well, sober. So it's like a geriatric sport, but like we went there. Uh, it was a ton of fun. They got beers and stuff and shuffleboarding. And over shuffleboard, I said we're going to do this podcast, so we're getting some subscribers and hopefully some feedback. Okay, I mean, like we got some people out and out in this side out on the we- the best coast, the west coast. Who said they would also tune in? Charles, Mango, uh, Nick, Eric, oh, Dan, dude. a few the others. So, like, yeah, some of these people, some of these people might be guests at some point on the show. Yeah. Um, if you don't tune in, you cannot be a guest. It's a prerequisite. <laughs> <laughs> so we're never gonna have a guest, dude. <laughs> we could loosen the rules eventually, but we just gotta like make it. Gotta, you know, yeah, I gotta stay steadfast first. Gotta gotta stay steadfast first. All right, man. Alright, let's see how till next till next out. week, next time.